In a few minutes, I'm going to ask the leadership to come forth as we ordain Peter and Kathy. And as I was thinking about this devotional time here, the word the Lord gave me was a devotion I'm calling Pure Rock. A few weeks ago, I received a phone call from Peter. And in that conversation, he asked me what I prayerfully consider ordaining he and Kathy under the banner of Triumphant Grace Ministries. And then he went on to give us some of the greatest accolades for my wife and I, as well as Triumphant Grace Ministries. Immediately after I got up the phone, I was confronted in my own heart with the thought, who am I to ordain Peter Swart? I mean, that was a thought that came to my mind. That would be like the Apostle Paul asking Timothy to ordain him. And then the Holy Spirit got out his box of crayons and began to color a picture in my heart. And he took me to all places, the base of the cross. And as I stood at the base of the cross, the Holy Spirit said to me, do you notice that there are no gold medalist platforms here? I said, I don't see any. He said, neither do I. He said, do you also notice there's no silver medalist or bronze medalist platform here? I said, I don't see them. He said, what is it that you do see? I said, all I see is blood. He said, that's what I see too. And he said, the blood that saved Peter and the blood that saved Kathy is the same blood that saved you. And I'm telling you, my heart fell into rest because that's the gospel of grace. Amen. Grace just levels everything. You can just get your high horse out of the way because grace, I don't care if you're tall or small, big, large, small, whatever it may be, there are no midgets in grace and giants in grace. Grace levels the playing field. It really does. As I quieted my heart yesterday in preparation to set Peter and Kathy forth as ordained ministers, I was put in remembrance of what the Apostle Paul wrote to his protege, Timothy. He wrote this in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2. These words, he said, Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. I want you to notice that he says preach the word, not a word. Preach the word, not just any word, Timothy. What is the word? The is a definite article. It means the one and only. Timothy only had the one word that the Apostle Paul had been pouring into his heart over and over and over again. And Timothy understood when he got this letter what it meant. <laughs> he knew exactly what he was talking about. He was saying, Timothy, I want you to preach the word that I have put in your heart. And whether you preach it or you sing it, it's the same thing. The only difference is instruments. It's the same thing. That's why we're so careful about what we sing here. We always want to point to a finished work. We don't want to keep untying shoestrings by preaching and asking for things that we already have. We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. 
So he says, preach the word. And then he says, I want you to be prepared in season. Now, when he says in season, we're not talking about winter, spring, summer, and fall. He's not talking about that kind of season. But what he's talking about is when it's convenient. You see, in ministry, there are times where it's very convenient. It seems like everything is going our way. The cost is not terribly great. Everything seems to be flowing right. He said, Timothy, there are going to be seasons where it just feels convenient. But before he could even take an inhale of the next breath, he reached down and he grabbed the rug that Timothy was standing on and he yanked it out from underneath him. And he said, but Timothy, I want you to know something. There are going to be times when you're out of season. Times when it's not so convenient. Times when the cost is great. Times when persecution is great. Times when the funds are not there to do what you want to do. He said, Timothy, it's in those times. It's in those times. I want you to stay true to the gospel. I want you in those times to preach the word. Now, this is what the Holy Spirit said to me just yesterday afternoon. And I had to write it down. It was so good. The Holy Spirit said to me, a roller coaster would have no thrill unless it first climbed a hill. Think about that for a second. All it would be is a train. It would have no thrill whatsoever. And a lot of time in ministry, we spend a lot of time climbing hills, climbing mountains. You ever feel that way? You always seem like you're climbing something. I'm going to tell you something. Your ministry, and, and I've been watching you on Facebook, I see the level of excitement inside of you. It's like coming off that high peak and you're experiencing these twists and turns and curves and hoops and loops. And he's taking you on a wonderful, wonderful ride. And there are other people that are enjoying this ride with you, screaming as our hair is on fire. And we're enjoying the power of God through revelation. It's exciting. It's exciting. So there's times where we're in season where it's very convenient. Times when we're out of season. I've spent a lot of my Christian walk there, but I'm telling you, there's a choice that we can make. That filter Peter was talking about where you can say, I choose to live life and I choose to have good days no matter what's coming my way. And then he says, correct. Now see, we don't like that word, do we? We don't like that word, correct. We don't like correct. But correct is not just go iron the wrinkles out of everybody. Listen, though, if the Holy Spirit can't do it, you can't either. He's not talking about just go correct everybody, but he's talking about correct the poor doctrine that's been put in place. Correct those strongholds that have been put in place where it compels people to work to maintain any part of their salvation. He said, you're going to have some correcting to do out there, Timothy, because that is rampant. That is all over the place. He said, correct the way people see Jesus. Correct the way people see the finished work of the cross. Correct the way people see the gospel and understand this message of grace. He said, that's what you're going to be correcting, Timothy. And then he uses a word that even intensifies. He says, rebuke. Now, see, we don't like that word either. See, because we always think about rebuke. This is the way I came up with it in church, man. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. It was always get in somebody's face, get in somebody's space, or get on somebody's case. But I'm telling you, this is not what rebuke is really talking about. It's talking about to forbid something. The word rebuke means to forbid. And I'm going to tell you something. What I forbid to tolerate is the message that it's Christ plus. It's never Christ plus. It is Christ alone. 
Either his blood worked or it didn't. Did it work, Peter? His blood worked. How do I know? Because I know me. I know what a hoodlum I was at one time. And I know he transformed my life. Listen, I can't speak for you. I could, but I can do a better job speaking for myself. And thank God for those wives, Peter. I'm telling you, we'd be wrecks, wouldn't we? God is good. He knows how to pair us up. He knows how to help us in that way. He said he was going to give us a helper. And uh, he did that as a woman, and he did that as the Holy Spirit. Probably thought we needed two helpers. (laughs) But he says, forbid the message that wants to add anything to his finished work. It wants to add anything to Christ. It is never Christ plus. It is always Christ alone. And he says, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Kathy, your name means pure. That is the revelation of the gospel. Her name means pure. What a great name to have. Every time someone says Kathy, they're just reaffirming how pure you are in daddy's eyes. They're reaffirming how forgiven you are. Pure. Her name is pure. Innocence. It means undefiled. It means flawless. Kathy, the gospel that you sing will come forth as pure as the driven snow. You watch and see. Daddy is going to really begin to intensify and give you helpers to do that. But you're going to see that the gospel is going to go to an extreme level in Christ. You're going to feel like you're on that roller coaster I was talking about just a moment ago. I really feel a strong, strong anointing and affirmation on that. Now, Kathy, don't find it strange when I tell you this, but you are the seventh woman that I have laid hands on and have set forth as a licensed minister or ordained under the banner of Triumphant Grace Ministries. Seven is the number for rest. I want you to remember that. The worship that the Holy Spirit has put in your mouth shall be known as the worship, not a worship, the worship. It shall be known as the worship that brings rest to the wearied soul and it will unveil the pure gospel. That's what the Holy Spirit said to me yesterday. That's what's going to happen. Peter, your name means rock. It means rock. And you were hewn from the rock himself. You're a chip off the old block, brother. (laughs) You are. You look just like Jesus. You look just like Jesus. If there was ever a time our father could ever get confused, he would be able to tell you from from Jesus. In fact, we look just like Christ to him. It's an amazing thing to think about, isn't it? We look just like Jesus to the father. Now, don't find it strange and don't even find it coincidental when I tell you, you are the seventh man that I have laid hands on and set forth as a licensed minister or ordained minister under the banner of Triumphant Grace Ministries. I wouldn't go looking for strange things like that. The Holy Spirit did that. The number seven, like I said, speaks of rest. And I heard the word Lord say, the word that the Holy Spirit has put in your mouth shall be known as the word. The same thing he told Timothy, preach the word. It will be the same the word that brings rest 
to the souls that are tired and worn out and burned out on religion. Kathy, your name means pure. Peter, your name means rock. In Psalm chapter 18, in verses 30 and 31, we find these words. It says, as for God, his way is upright. The word, not a word, the word of God, look at those words, is pure. The word of God is pure. He is a shield to all those who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? David penned those things thousands of years ago. He said, listen, the word, it's the word that transforms. I was ministering to someone recently, and he said, what do I have to do to strengthen my marriage? I said, you have to get the word in you. And it can't be a word, it has to be the word. It has to be the word that sets you free and gets the condemnation out of your heart. Don't just take any word or a word. It is the word. And what is the word? It is finished. You can rest. You can rest. Kathy and Peter, your ministries shall be known as one. Your worship and your word shall flow from the pure rock, and that pure rock is Jesus Christ. That's who he is. We find these words in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 18. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When he said Simon Barjona, Barjona is not his last name. Could make a good last name. Bar means son, and Jonah was his father, Jonah, Jonas, John, some versions say. Jonah, the picture for Jonah, is a dove, and doves bring peace. So I want that just to settle in your heart as a little side nugget here for just a second. Your ministries shall bring peace. Even Romans chapter 5, verse 1 opens up, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've also gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So he says in verse 13, now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Do you think he really wanted to know what they were thinking about him? Oh no, he's using that as a segue, friends. I mean, you think Jesus is going to change his message if they don't approve of it? <laughs> no. You think he's going to say, well, if they don't just quite get it, maybe I'll become more seeker sensitive. No. He's going somewhere when he asks that. Peter, think about that question for a second because you have given your life in ministry to answer that question. You see, that question is still being asked today. Who is this Jesus? 
What is this finished work? And I'm telling you, you're looking at a man and a woman that have given their life to answer that question directly and indirectly everywhere they go. Mark Yoder, you're a changed man. You're a different man because of this man's ministry. That man drove up from Indiana with his wife Elizabeth and their family today. And I'm telling you, you wouldn't be the same man had not Peter came to Indiana and began for a year or so to drip that message of the gospel in your hearts. And here he is today to honor his friend. Praise God. Amen. Daddy has given you one of the biggest grace voices in the world. A voice that is void, a voice that is free from the pesticides of the old covenant and a voice without mixture of message. A voice that listens and then purity flows from the rock. See, we make Christianity too tough, too hard. All we have to do is just listen. He knows what to say. I believe it is a season, listen to me, where the Father is amplifying your voice. Not in terms of decibels, but in terms of distance, where it's reaching. The Father's amplifying your voice. He gives you a personality that attracts people to Jesus and a passion that makes Jesus irresistible. He's given you a revelation of the scriptures that take people on a thrilling roller coaster ride whereby we can enjoy life. And the revelation of the gospel, we can live life and see good days. Here's what I, I felt the Holy Spirit say that he has brought reflection to the waters that were once muddied by religion. You see, you can't look in a muddy river and get a good reflection of your face. But when it goes through the filter, you can see yourself, you can part your hair, you could probably put on makeup, right, in that beautiful crystal sea. That's what the filter of the cross does. Papa has given you a way to take deep truths and make them fit in the heart of man, woman, boy, and girl. Kathy, here's what I felt the Lord say about you. You are like Ruth, in a sense. Peter's God is your God. Peter's people have become your people. Peter's ministry has merged with your ministry, and your ministry is one now. You shall serve side by side all the days of your lives, releasing that pure rock called Christ everywhere the word can be preached or sung. So then, why did Jesus ask the question, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Again, it was to segue into his very next question, and that is, who do you? say I am. If we turn this calendar back enough years, friends, my answer would be different than it is today. And I'm still seeing the beauty of the Lord unveil all the time. Here's Peter's response, Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 through 17. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now notice, 
he used the word living in front of God. Had he not used that word, the statement would have still been true. You are the son of God. But Peter said, you know, living belongs there. See, living speaks of what? Life. It speaks of organic. I tell Peter, I said, your message is organic. That doesn't mean that it's just free from pesticides and fungicides and herbicides and all that stuff they spray on stuff today. But it's nutritious. That's what organic means. When he said the son of the living God, he was saying in you there is a sufficiency. There's a sufficiency. And Jesus answered him with these words. He said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, or Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I love it. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said upon this rock, the rock that you've just received is the revelation that my father is a living father. He's not old. We may call Jesus the ancient of days, but believe me, he's youthful. He's vibrant. He's strong. He's powerful. His hearing is sharp. His arm is not short. He is an amazing God. And Peter got the revelation that your father is alive. Your daddy's alive. All I've heard is dead works and dead religion, but he's alive. And when you come to see that I'm alive in Christ, and what he's put inside of me, this message of grace, is living. It's organic. Jesus says, now on that rock, on that understanding, on that revelation, he said, I can build something there. I can build something that's beautiful. I can build something that is beautiful to behold. That makes me happy on the inside, I'm telling you. Peter and Kathy, my dear friends, I love these guys. You're amazing. I see the work of the Lord working in your lives, transforming you first and then bringing others out of slavery. Here's what the Lord said to me. Peter, you are a man of destiny and passion. One that will remain true to his calling to minister the unconditional love of God and the outrageous generosity of God and the extravagant graces of Christ. Extravagant graces shall flow through your ministry. Your very name translates as rock, and you shall carry the mantle fitting for your name. God has awakened the graces within you. You shall not pattern yourself after another man, for God has a very, very unique blueprint for your life and your ministry. Remember that, you, that you will never pattern yourself after another man. In ministry, that's easy for us to do. We look at someone else and we admire them. Are you with me? <laughs> we admire them. And if we're around them enough, we start picking up on them. I love this gospel, don't you? We start picking up on them. But the Lord says, 
Don't try to be like someone else. Just be you. If I would have needed to, he'd have had a twin, an identical twin. Just be you. Kathy, here's what the Lord said. You are a woman of purity and peace. Full of life, full of love, and full of laughter. Your very name translates as pure. Flesh and blood didn't bring you and Peter together. It was Papa's doing. You want to know why he did that? I'll tell you why he did that. Because he's fond of you guys. He loves you with all of his heart. That's why he did that. So Peter and Kathy, on this 16th day of February in the year of 2019, I set you forth as a union and as a team, your ordination separable only by death. This day you are each ordained as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ under the banner of Triumphant Grace Ministries. You shall lead your people into green pastures and beside still waters. You shall run with a sparkle. You shall run with a sparkle. And everybody that sees you and hears your voice shall run with a sparkle. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come and join me. And I'm going to ask Peter and Kathy to come and stand before us as we lay hands on you and set you forth as ordained ministers. Amen. Father, we praise you and we thank you for your grace today. We thank you, Father, that we have the, the wonderful privilege and honor to lay hands on Peter and Kathy today and set them forth under the banner of Triumph for Grace Ministries. Father, I thank you for the revelation that they both carry even now, that the impartation by the Holy Spirit worked in their lives and is strengthening them in their ministries. I thank you, Father, that what you're bringing together and what you're doing to their lives is wonderful. It's beautiful to behold. It's powerful. Thank you, Father, that a grace is made available when it's convenient and when it's not convenient. So, Father, I thank you for these trophies of grace that stand before us. Powerful men and women, even more powerful together. Thank you, Father, that your grace is are amplified through their voices, both in song and sermon. And Daddy, the lives that they touch, even beyond the pulpits and the pianos, the lives that they touch across from the dinner tables and over the phone in other ways, thank you for that, Daddy. We thank you that we have this privilege under Triumphant Grace Ministries to put that banner over them as we ordain them today. And Father, that we have a pledge in our hearts to say that we do this together. We win together. Failure is not an option. Mm -hmm. Failure is an event and never a person. I'm thanking you, Father, that you're surrounding them by a leadership that you're putting together even now, a leadership and a family that will love them and support them. I thank you for the wisdom that you give, Peter. I thank you for the ability, Daddy, that you put in him to hear your voice and then speak. Speak it with clarity and convincingly, in Jesus' name, amen.